welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, you know, what else would we be talking about in the midst of all this tragedy, travesty, chaos, but Afghanistan? So today's show is called Afghanistan, a Game Changer. We are in danger. And who better than to talk about this but a man who has an encyclopedic knowledge of terrorism. In fact, um, he wrote the book, a bestseller, uh, Encyclopedia of Terrorism. It's won numerous awards, um, and he has written other um, books as well, uh, all, you know, mainly, primarily, his, his specialty, of course, as you can figure out, is terrorism. Uh, his other book, five, he's written five books on terrorism altogether. His, another book, a bestseller, is called His Holy War, Kushner's Holy War on the Home Front, The Secret Islamic Terror Network in the United States. Yes, in the United States. You heard that right. Um, he's also an internationally recognized authority on terrorism. He's advised numerous governmental agencies here in the U.S. and abroad. Um, he is a certified terrorism expert. And he has participated in high-profile trials, including those involving Osama bin Laden and uh, those involving the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, bombing and so on. So, uh, we will turn to Dr. Kushner to, um, for uh, his take on this mess. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dr. Kushner. Well, thank you, Carol, for having me. Um, let me start it off by saying to your listeners, uh, we talked about um, me appearing here because of the 20th anniversary, which was coming up in a couple of weeks of 9-11. And that in and of itself is uh, an important uh, event. But um, in the interim, uh, we had this terrible, terrible disaster in Afghanistan. And I mean, that... To me, you know, and I don't want to sound like an alarmist, uh, but, you know, during my lifetime, uh, I made statements about certain tipping points in history when things happened. Um, You Uh know, I was very vocal back in 1979 when the Iranian Revolution occurred, and I said, wow, that's going to be a, that's going to be a major, a major problem for the United States and the Western world, and, and it certainly, it certainly did turn out that way. Uh, and, and then again, uh, a year, uh, years before uh, 9-11, I warned, um, you know, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey about the possibility of their the towers getting hit again because I was involved in the 93 bombing case uh, in which uh, I was uh, involved with defendants who sued the World Trade, oh, sued the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. And I was very concerned about uh, another terrorist attack um, occurring around the time that 9-11 occurred. And um, unfortunately, Carol, uh, unfortunately, the events that we're seeing playing out in front of us right now, I think, is 
very serious in that it's going to play into another era. Uh, it's going to be, you know, like uh, um, World Trade Towers. You know, in 93, it was 1.1, and then it was 2.0, and then 9-11. And I think that, unfortunately, this 20th anniversary and what we see occurring now in Afghanistan is entering into a new, very dangerous stage of terrorism aimed at uh, the United States uh, and the Western world. And I think uh, this is a very sad point in history uh, because I think a lot of this uh, could have been avoided. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, just as one graphic example, um, you know, it's so sad, of course, to see the people in Kabul running um, and at the airport running to try to get on a plane, the Afghans, of course, the Americans also, but the Afghans, um, there is no way that there are not terrorists amongst those Afghans, you know, that who, who purposely... I mean, they're not, like, checking everybody's uh, uh, <laughs> passports or whatever, um, you know, to find out who's a terrorist. Sure, that is bringing thousands, literally thousands of people, people into the United States who are potentially dangerous. Even if, well, even if they weren't dangerous at the time that they got on were running to the plane, you know, by the time they get here, and perhaps if, you know, life doesn't go so well, or, I mean, they are easily going to be, um, transformed into being a lone, a lone wolf or, or a, an organized terrorist. Well, you know, look, that's, that's the point. But let me say this. You know, um, if you compare the problem at our southern border, where we're bringing in people, certainly who, uh, you know, some of them we've apprehended that were on our terrorist watch list, and as well as coming in with COVID and dispersing him across the United States. And if you want to draw some kind of comparison and say that that flight that you saw coming here with about 600 people in a cargo hole, you know, and that maybe among those people were people who were problematic, you know, look, that, of course that could be the case. But um, the listeners should understand that a lot of the Afghans who we're taking out of there, uh, you know, really... You know, we owe them that, that they were interpreters, yeah. they risked their lives. And, and, and the vetting process for them to come here has begun months ago. So, you know, the overwhelming number of those people have been already vetted and, uh, you know, we're, we're on, you know, we're, uh, scheduled to probably be airlifted here anyway. Um, so, you know, I don't deny that within that group there might be one or two individuals, but that, I don't think... I don't think that's really the major, the major concern here. I think the major concern here, um, if I may, is Afghanistan and, and what that represents in terms of a base for transnational terrorists. And when I say transnational, that's, that's very important, Carol, because, you know, international terrorism means that it's one country against another. For example, Iranian-supported or, or possibly uh, supporter from Cuba or North Korea. But transnational terrorism are made up of individuals who gather from all parts of the world and, you know, form a group, individuals or groups, and, and, and want to attack the United States specifically and the West in, in, in general. And, and to have a state who's already declared themselves as an Islamic state, uh, you know, uh, as a place for them 
to um, conjugate and to have safety, that is going to pose a problem. You know, because let's face it, Afghanistan, if you go back historically, it's been invaded from Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, I mean, you know, all of these uh, invaders, Timur, they, you know, had difficulty in Afghanistan. And we know what happened when the Russians went in there, the Soviets, in 1979. And quite frankly, they went in there for a specific reason, because they understood the change in secular terrorism to religiously based, and they were trying to, we were to invade it. Afghanistan in 79 to, in fact, shore up a, a sectarian government because they understood that they would, that could be a base for, you know, the transmission of terrorism worldwide. And, and, uh-huh. and so, you know, and, uh, you know, now when we're in there, this is, this is the problem. And, and we should talk about, you know, why we went in there in the first place and how that mission went wrong because this, this should have never, never happened. Because our going in there, we went in there with a certain desire, and that was to get those who hit us on 9-11 and to make sure that America was safe in, in the future. And, and certainly we did. We did stop that. We didn't go in there, but it, it turned around to be that. That's why we were in trouble. We didn't go in there for nation building. We didn't go in there, you know, as sad as it is for how Afghani women are treated, Okay. As sad as that is, you know, that's the case worldwide. There's other countries. It's not just Afghanistan. If you go, if you go to the Sudan or if you go to other countries. But, you know, you've got to ask yourself, the commander-in-chief and American foreign policy, should it be to protect the home front or should it be to build sort of a democratic state of, of Afghanistan? And let me tell you something, Carol. All our presidents from W... Through, through Biden, and which includes, you know, certainly um, uh, Obama and Donald Trump, did not understand that. I mean, yes, Trump to some extent said that, you know, we shouldn't be there, but they never understood that region of the world. They never understood what, what it meant, well, we should be involved in nation building. Uh, their duty was to protect the United States, and I'm telling you, we failed miserably with that miserably with that because look how long and the, the, the treasure and blood that we spent there over 20 years never should have occurred because we never had a game plan. We, we never had the ability to deal with what the future would lead, how to extricate ourselves from that region. And, and, and the problem is very, very complicated because it's not just, you know, Biden. It's not just the president, the commander in chief. It was our military and I don't mean the soldier who signed up after 9-11 to go defend this country. God bless them. But it was our military leadership. They were playing for the television. They were playing for the media. You know, they were talking about introducing, discussing wokeness and whether a race... I mean, it, when you think about that, the military's objective is to protect the United States. And we moved away from that. And... and, and so this was a monumental failure of, of leadership in Washington, as well as the media taking us down a path which, which there was detrimental to the United States security. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we're going to be in for it over the next 15, 20 years. Because when you think, look, let me just drop something out there. You know, 
that Taliban never had an Air Force. They're going to have, they have our equipment. And if they can't fly it, mm-hmm. who's going to get our high-tech equipment? They're going to give it, they're going to give it certainly to Pakistan. There's pa- that's another story. Pakistan is involved in this. They're going to sell it to China. They're going to sell it to the Russians. So that they're going to know our technology. They're, they're, mm. they're changing their AK-47s for American weapons. Now. Look at all what we left there. I mean, I, yeah. I just, you know, you can't, this, is, this is such insanity. And in how we move out of there, uh, I, I just, I, 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 I can't believe it actually happened, but in fact it did. Yes. I mean, there is no putting aside, you know, whether we should have been in there or how long we should have been there and all that, just, you know, the fact that it was 20 years, if there was going to be a plan to move out, and yes, of course, Trump had made a plan to move out, but Trump would never have continued down that path of moving the troops out as soon as he saw the slightest indication that there was going to be trouble, that the Taliban was going to, um, uh, you know, try to overtake the country. And so he would have moved uh-huh. things out in an organized way, made sure that we didn't leave weapons behind or anything else. And Biden, just, I, I mean, it was, it, it's, it's like, um, you almost wonder if he purposely or the, the I mean, was it just total um, ineptitude or was there some purposefulness yeah. in it? It was, I mean, it was so bad. It's like, it couldn't have been this bad by accident. Do you know what I mean? No, no, you're absolutely right. And let me address it this way. Certainly, I, I think if Trump was in office, it, it never would have happened that way. First of all, his ego would have never let it happen that way. He would have right. never wanted to go right. down to the media. So that, that aside, and, you know, and, and, and you're the expert on egos. But, but let me, let me say, say this. Uh, certainly, uh, the plan, I believe, was different. They, would have, they didn't announce, as the Biden administration, where they were moving out. They didn't give that date. They certainly... He would have moved out in the winter time. What every general knows, everyone who is in that area knows, you don't do this at, at the time when the Taliban is strong and, and is in the fields and, and could do military maneuvers. You move out in the middle of the winter. So he, he, that, that would have been the case. There were so many technical ways in which you could have gotten out. And certainly you would have burnt down all the bases when we left them. He wouldn't have left them airfields or, or that. And he would have taken out, uh, I would have hoped he would have destroyed most of our uh, ordnance and, and military and our weaponry, you know, and that thing. So, yes, it's true. I, I think the, another question here, and I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to t- address that, but I think it has to be said, is that is the commander in chief, in this case Biden, is he really in control? Is he the one who called uh. the shots? Yes, yes, he went on last night, he talked about it. Yes, he says, you know, the buck stops with him after he blamed everybody else. If you watch that, right. you know, after he blamed, you know, all other, uh, you know, the Trump administration and everything. Right. But the question is, who is really in control in Washington? You see, this is why I say this is not only scary for terrorism, but put yourself in a place in Taiwan. You're in, sitting in Taiwan now and you're in a Taiwanese um, official and you're that. You're looking at this and you're looking at China's movements now and you're saying, Hey, is the United States going to protect us? Look, look, they abandoned us. Look, we, we abandoned yes. the Kurds. And now, so, so look at Israel. Yeah. Look at our yes. Look at, look at, look at the Brits. Look at the Brits. Look at all. I think they're all in wonder. Well, 
you know, I understand we shouldn't have been there, and most of the American public doesn't want us there, and I agree with that. But the manner in which we moved out was, was horrendous. You know, and it speaks badly to us as a world leader to say that after 20 years, you know, you never had a way of getting out. I mean, we were supposed to move out in 2014. They never did. And the way they did, you know, I'm telling you, this is opening up another application. Now you have, look, ISIS was pretty much taking away property underneath Trump. He he did destroy their ability to hold land. But now, now you have a state in a key area of the world. Think about that. In the key area of the world in, in which it's going to be a haven for all these jihadis to gather and, and go there. I mean, don't believe the rhetoric that's coming out now by the Taliban that we invite women to participate in government. That's yes, nonsense. Yes, did you? That's total nonsense. Yes. You saw the um, press conference as I did. And I must say, it's just some objective people from some, you know, country, I don't know, where it doesn't matter so much. Uh, I mean, it matters to everybody, really. But, and if somebody objective was look, were looking at the press conference by Biden, where he was squinting to read the teleprompter and then wouldn't answer any questions and quickly scurried back into his hole and back into his hiding place, compared right. to the Taliban, <laughs> who were... Uh, of course, they were lying, but they made a great show of it, and um, and they answered um, journalists' questions, and they stayed to answer it. They weren't reading from a from a um, teleprompter. And I mean, who would what country would you want to go to if you didn't know anything else about them? Um, and how many recruits did they get? They made Afghanistan look like the next um, the next Austin, you know, the next the best place to be in the world, <laughs> that it was going to be heaven. Well, all right, I'm, I, we need to take a, a, a break, actually, at that. Okay. When we come back, we'll talk more to my guest, Dr. Harvey Kushner. We're talking about Afghanistan, a game changer. We are more in danger, so stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to uh, Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Dr. Harvey Krishner. He is an internationally recognized authority on terrorism, writer of many uh, best-selling books on terrorism, uh, involved in significant lawsuits, uh, cases regarding Osama bin Laden and the um, World Trade Center, Center bombing of 1993, and so on. Um, so before the break, we were starting to talk about the uh, the Taliban press conference, which I was saying uh, has garnered them already. People are leaving home where, in many different places to uh, go to Afghanistan, where they made it seem like it was going to be heaven on earth. Yes, and, and let me tell you something. That, that is, you raised a very important point by mentioning that press conference. Why, Cal, it ushers in a new era in terrorism. If you, if you go back and you look at al-Qaeda and you look at Osama bin Laden and you look at how he approached uh, media, Back in the day, when he was sitting on the floor there, you know, with, with Rudd yeah. and the Kalashnikov, and it was very boring, and when he would say these things, blah, 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 blah. Then you notice we went eventually, and, and you know, Al-Qaeda acted in a certain fashion. And then, you remember, we had ISIS. And ISIS then... Uh, you know, ginned it up a little. ISIS had these horrific videos, remember? They beheaded people, right? They burned right. people in cages. They drowned people. They started to use media. And, you know, they started to use pornographic uh, film in which they embedded certain sub- suggested um, text in there and things people really didn't even realize it, it, it interspersed, you know, in between, um, um, you know, frames and stuff. Now, you, you, you know, you are, and they, they got plenty of recruits, you know, actually came and joined, you know, People went to look for, uh, females went to look for husbands there, right? They came from all over different European right. countries. They go all over. Now you see the Taliban sort of like almost having some legitimacy. Some in the media say, well, that's a good sign, you know, the fact that they're sitting down, you know, they're very, they're talking, you know, they have press conference. <laughs> yeah, that's, of course, because that's now the new face. The new face is, you know, not only do you break people's knees, you fly planes into the buildings, you blow yourself up in a, in a pizzeria, you do all of that stuff, you behead people, you scare the gajibis out of them, but, you know, you get involved in the international scene. You, you know, you, you, you make yourself a legitimate government. You, know, you invite women in to participate in all of that. You, you now reach out to the Chinese who are going to, or certainly going to get involved in Afghanistan for the mineral rights and all that, and so, and so are the Russians. And that, and, and so then you you start to build yourself differently. You know, th- th- this is this is bad. 
because you know you, you could tell people you could tell people they understand when someone flies a plane into a building or blows themselves up in a pizzeria, you understand that that's a terrorist. But then when you start to, you know, play, you know, nice and you you know you're calm, you have a press conference, you say we want to work with you, you know, you start to there's a different way to skin a cat, so to speak. Okay. And, yes. and so I, I, think, I think you're going to see more and more of that, and I think that's going to appeal to a lot of politicians, both here and abroad, who are going to buy into that. Well, you know, they're not so bad. Yes. You know, they want to reform and all that. But, you know, you, yes. know, you can't build a house on a rotten foundation. And, and, and quite frankly, I think quite, you know, what, what the Taliban stands for, their ideology, their interpretation of, of Islam, which is certainly in the minority. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that that sort of legitimizes a, a bad group, you know? And I, and I think they understand this. I, I think they understand yes, what they yes. want. They won because, look, Sheikh yes. Khalid Muhammad said, you know, uh, we're going to win eventually. Why? You're going mm-hmm. to get tired of it. Look, I, it, it's mm-hmm. funny. In, in my book, in my book, in my book, Holy War, I, I talk about a conversation that I had once, and when I was doing some research for that, out in the Middle East with a Bedouin chief. Okay, and I asked him. I said, you know, when you look at you know the way Americans act, uh, we tend to um, you know forget things. You know, we go on to the next next thing. Uh, I didn't say this to him, but I should have. I said, that's why we have Mets fans, New York Mets fans. You should have Yankee fans. Okay. They win all the time. You know, people come back from punishment. I mean, that's, America's good that way. They move on. He says, well, you know, we're different. He says, let me give you an example of how it's different here in the Middle East. He says, these two individuals, these two families were fighting with each other. And this was going on for 30, 40, 50 years. They were fighting. And finally, one decided to act. And they went out and they acted. And then someone said to them, why did you act so hastily? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was, was 50. Well, well, I mean, this, this is the mentality of that region of the world. Because, Carol, look at it this way. When we had the Iranian Revolution, when the Shah was overthrown, uh, Iran was uh, moving into the Western world. Uh, the, the, you know, I, I'm not talking about some of the human rights uh, violations that were there. Uh, that aside, Okay. But, but then when the Ayatollah came in, it, that the whole country reversed itself, right? It, it, going back hundreds of years, you know? They even have a term for that, Carol, and, um, in, in Australia. When the Aborigines, the Aborigine, uh, someone could go to become a doctor, for example, and then all of a sudden something horrific happens in his or her life, and they just all of a sudden reject the Western way, and they go back to you know, their tribal ways of thousands mm-hmm. of years before. I think the term they call that is a walkabout, a walkabout. They walk back. Yeah. Well, the same thing here. I think steep within that region of the world is this thing that time is on our side. And they look at it differently than, than we do here in the West, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And quite frankly, and I'm, look, I'm not, I, I, I don't... I, I, I don't want to say to 20 years, but, you know, 20 years, we're used to getting in and getting the hell out. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to fight a battle, you know, for 100 years. But, but our culture mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. allow for that. 
You know, right? I mean, our culture wants that quick gratification, that a war right. is in and out. Right. And, and fortunately right. for us, during our history, you know, we won wars pretty quickly. World War II, we've seen, you know, historically went pretty quickly, considering the magnitude of it, right, compared to Afghanistan. Yeah. So we were, in, we were in, used to this. So, um, but, you know, again, I think one of the problems we have here in this country is uh, I, I think most people don't have skin in the game. Uh, they want this to go away, and I understand that. But, um, you know, I, I, That's I think... That's because they don't understand, you know, why it's important and what this means. And, you know, they think that their lives are uh, going to just go on and they just don't have to pay attention to it. But wait till all exactly. the attacks start popping up, the lone wolf attacks stop, start popping up in America... Um, especially with this base now that is uh, where they have where the terrorists have protection and and have a chance to gather and plot more than mm-hmm. they did even before. Um, you know, then all of a sudden, oh, really? That had to do with Afghanistan? Oh, uh, maybe we shouldn't have gotten out like that, or well, maybe yeah. we shouldn't have gotten out. Period. Well, let, let me tell you something that's kind of scary. Uh, if you look at the history of terrorist attacks on American soil. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about 9-11 or the first bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993, or we had some other events here in, in this country. Uh, we had a shooting outside. But if you look at these lone wolf attacks in the United States, you know, a lot of times when they occur, they're not labeled as acts of terrorism. And I don't know if that's done not to upset the general public, but if you, you look, for example, take... Um, in New York City in the early 90s, there was an, a shooting on the Brooklyn Bridge, New York. And at first, that was considered just to be a, you know, a crazed individual. But then eventually, it turned out to be a, uh, a terrorist attack on the Brooklyn Bridge. And if you look at how mm. the FBI initially recorded it till after they recorded it, you know, there was a shooting in, uh, I believe, 1986 or 87 on the 86th floor of the Empire State Building by a Middle Eastern individual with a suicide note. At first, that wasn't considered to be an act of terrorism. So there have been Mm. many, many, many attacks on American soil that are known to the public or have gone unknown to the public that we've had. And and the media has stayed away from them. And, you know, a lot of times they don't want to fan Mm -hmm. the flames of hatred about that. But there have been more attacks here than people realize. And and certainly Mm -hmm. there have been a, a, a plethora of them whether it's Belgium, right, whether it was in Belgium, whether it was in mm-hmm. France, whether it was in Germany, or all, all over Europe. And, and we reached a point in time, don't forget, we had the COVID, which, which shut things down pretty much for a couple of years. But, but you know, I, I believe that, you know, um, what, what, what? let's wait and see what happens on the anniversary of 9-11. You know, this is interesting. That's another thing we could discuss. You know, terrorists, you know, of focus in on certain key dates. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now that this happened, I mean, I know it was like sort of questionable, you know, maybe there's going to be some kind of an attack on, on uh, running up to 9-11 or on 9-11. But I think with this happening, there is more chance than before that somebody's going to take it into their head. Um, You know, we won the war on terror. Yes. We're, you know, some, some, uh, being emboldened to do something 
in New York or in D.C. or, or someplace. Well, that, 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 that's true. But, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, you, we, America pretty much absorbs these um, uh, so-called um, uh, lone wolf attacks because we're a big country, right? And, um, you know, uh, we, we could absorb this. And, and, and certainly, you know, 9-11 was something else. That, that, was, that was mega. That was, that was big. But, you know, um, to get the American public really excited about it, Unfortunately, you know, to get them focused in on it, there has to be that type of an attack. Uh, but look, uh, will will there be another one like that? Well, I, I don't know. Oh, I, I do know. Uh, my concern is that the tactics have changed. The tactics have changed, and I think that some people who have, you know, their, their sights on destroying, you know, our society. Uh, or mean to do it in a different way. That could be through the ballot box. That could be through infiltrating in different ways, okay? And, and, and so, uh, yes, I'm concerned about um, uh, a plane flying into a building, so to speak, or someone wrapping 40 pounds of explosives and blowing themselves up inside of a shopping mall. But I'm also concerned about, you know, spinoffs of that, less violent who get involved in the American politic or in the media and all of that, and could do just as much, just as much damage, and sometimes even more. Yes, yes, you, yes. You like the like the squad that we have in Congress, for example. Um, well, I just well, want to go back yeah. to the to the to the Taliban um, press conference for a minute um, in regard to women. You know, uh, they were asked. Some journalist, I think it was a woman, actually, right, who asked, uh, yeah, she was the first one to ask a question. I, uh, yes, notice how they picked a woman to ask the first question. Um, and she mm-hmm. asked about the state of women, you know, how are, what's that going to be like when uh, now that you have come over, taken over, however she put it. Um, and, you know, they tried to say that, uh, oh, women are going to be, ha- are going to have all these rights and, you know, um, within, within Islamic law, within Sharia law, women are going to have lots of rights, education and, 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 uh, you know, um, I mean, but they tried to make it seem that women are going to have a lot of rights. But then they said the qualifier within Islamic law or Sharia law. Now, within Islamic law or Sharia law, women do not have very many rights. Well, look, uh, well, Sharia law, you know, we use the term Sharia law, but, but there's all sorts of Sharia law. Uh, jurisprudence in Arabic is called fiqh. And, and within different, for example, in Saudi Arabia, uh, as compared to Iran, or compared to, um, you know, um, the Philippines, or compared to other areas where you have large Islamic populations, um, the law is, is interpreted differently. Okay, but but in the more severe societies, certainly in, in Saudi Arabia and other areas, uh, the rights of women, uh, as you compare them to uh, in the West, are, are certainly uh, uh, different. And and, and um, you know, there's where I see that's where I see the issue. You see, I, I, I see the issue with that in in that that's where where a danger because I, I think. People could understand and rally around, you know, a, a bomb that goes off. But when it comes to women's rights in that, uh, you know, in that region of the world, 
Do you see the National Organization of Women, or a lot of these women's groups in the United States and also in Europe, do you see them commenting on, uh, um, you know, Mm -hmm. um, what's happening to women in in certain Islamic regions of the world? You you don't hear that. It's crickets. Right? Right. I mean, there's there's no discussion of that. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think, you know, Sharia law, look, can it change? I, I guess, yeah, it, it possibly can. I think, look, Christianity went through a reformation, and, and I think Islam, to some extent, could go through a, a reformation. Yes, it would be, um, shall we say, detrimental to those who take a very dogmatic view of it, such as, you know, those like ISIS and others, and so, certain the Wahhabi interpretation of Islam, which is practiced in, in Saudi Arabia. But 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 I but uh, you know that that that's that that's another issue I think, uh, and, and I and I do think to some extent that uh, but let's hope that there is some movement uh, with the Taliban to, to soften some of uh, what what we would think would be antiquated ways of, of treating women but, and uh, but, certainly you know uh, uh, the law you know if someone gets caught stealing something you chop off the hand or you do that but. Um, uh, I mean, th- those questions aside, uh, I-, I think we're in for a new era. I, I think certainly, so you wait, know... Me, um, before, we, you go on, before you go on to something else, I was going to say, before you go on to something else, um, you know, but that was one of the examples. I mean, I know we have to take a break. I just want to say this one thing, that that was one of the examples when they were talking about women, that women are going to have all these rights, blah, 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 and then they say, you know, Sharia, you know, based, of course, on, on Islam and Sharia law and and, um, uh, you know, uh, within the confines of. And so the, besides what that means for women, um, what I thought was significant was that it was like they were putting that sort of under, uh, hoping that people didn't quite get what they were trying to say about that. You know, they were trying to give this uh, mm-hmm. impression that they were, the women were going to have all these rights. And really, if you knew what they were talking about, it's not all those rights. Well, all right, we do need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be back with my guest, Dr. Harvey Kushner, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I want to get back to my guest, Dr. Harvey Kushner, an internationally recognized authority on terrorism. We're talking today about Afghanistan, a game-changer. We are more in danger, and there are a number of reasons why we are more in danger. And uh, right, right at a time, right at a time when uh, I always rail about how each year the commemoration of 9/11, the anniversary each year, has gotten to be less and less, less, less media coverage, less events. Um, you know, just going down and down. And even now, with the 20th anniversary, you would expect it to be a big deal. But um, a lot of places and people and media are using, um, well, we're planning on using uh, COVID as an excuse to not have it be such a big uh, event after all. Um, But certainly now with Afghanistan, that's the one good thing, Harvey, (laughs) the good thing, um, you know, about about what happened with the Taliban taking over Afghanistan, um, that, that hopefully... It will make people realize something that, you know, you have been trying to tell them, I have been trying to tell them for the last 20 years, that the terrorists have not gone away. They are not going to go away. And now, of course, they're more emboldened. And um, and we need to think about this, remember this, not, of course, to honor the people who died in the Twin Towers and in D.C. and Pennsylvania and all of that, but, uh, and the, the, um, the first responders who are dying because of inhaling all the cancerous material. Um, but also, to, it's like a wake-up call. Hello, there are terrorists out there who are still planning to attack us and take over the West. Well, th- that's it. And that raises the most important point, that the commander-in-chief of the United States, I, I believe his or her responsibility is to protect the home front. And how do you protect, you protect the home front by making Americans safe? You don't nation build. Uh, that's not, I think, within the guidelines of the office and what it means to protect the home front. And I think that was where a message went wrong, certainly in Afghanistan, and then certainly throughout the whole Middle East. When you look at the invasion of Iraq, I mean, what, why do we, what do we do? Why, why do we? Why do we do? Why do we unsee? What we did is when we raided Iraq, and it, look, Saddam Hussein wasn't a good guy. I mean, no, nobody would have him as you want to break bread with this guy. But but he provided a, a natural block against Iranians. 
And don't forget the Iran, Iraq war lasted for years. Millions of people died. Uh, and, and so we took him out and emboldened Iran. Look at how Iran, where Iran is today as compared to where they were prior to us and, you know, taking out Saddam Hussein. You can look at Libya. You can look at every country in that region of the world. And I think that's a distorted view that our leadership has had in Washington is the inability to understand what our military should be used for and how do you protect the home front. And I think that's a – look, I, I don't want to sound cold, you know, and, and I, I, I – you know, my heart goes out to what happens to the people there in Afghanistan. But, you know, the injustices that they've suffered before this were women in that region of the world. But what about Rwanda? What, I, I can name you the Sudan. Were we involved in all those areas? You know, we, that, I don't think that was our responsibility to do that. You know, um, y- yes, uh, and now we laugh at, at Biden when he said, at least I, I did, when he said, well, we're going to do everything we can on the international stage. I mean, you know, that's not going to move mountains. But, but, but the point is, we should have never gotten in there militarily where then we would have to resort to that. Because let's face it, this was a humbling experience. If you look at two photos, there's three photos that are going to be left in our minds, just like we had the photo, if you recall, Carol, back in um, uh, Vietnam where we had that uh, Vietnamese uh, child, that female, running naked because she was hit with napalm. Uh-huh. That was picture that changed the psyche of the world and it hurt us. If you remember back in, the, back in the 60s when you had the dogs attacking civil rights marches down south, that changed the whole nature of the race issue in this country and everybody got united. You know, well, I'm telling you, the mm-hmm. fact that you saw people at the airport hanging onto a plane as it was taxing, that, that's going to, to live on. Mm-hmm. The same picture, mm-hmm. the same picture the same picture of the American soldier cradling the flag as he was taking. Very sad picture. That's going to show our defeat. And the helicopter leaving Saigon that time, the embassy. And also, when you saw downtown Kabul, where you saw the same, almost the same helicopter. So, so these, these are going to resonate and, and, and change things. You know, these are going to be monumental. And, and, you know, I don't know how to predict where that's going to, you know, where that's going to move us in the next few years. But, but in the interim, uh, I think we're in for some bad times because, uh, you know, I can't get out of my head the fact that you now have a territory in a very crucial area in the world that is a home for all jihadis to, to go to gather. The same way as they did, if you recall, back in 1979. When the, Russia, when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan to put in a secular puppet, the jihadis came from all over the world, even from the United States. They went there to fight. And who, who became uh-huh. famous? Osama bin Laden. And we supported him. We, because uh-huh. we believed that, that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so we, right. we built him a bad cave to withstand uh, Soviet carpet bombing. And then what happened? We had the blowback. We had the blowback that came back here. Those same fighters that were trained over there, they came back to the United States and they were involved in the first bombing at the World Trade Center. You know, Sheikh uh-huh. Rahman, you know, Ramzi Yosef, uh, Mahmoud Abalima, all of these uh, characters. They, 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 
you know, Hampton L, Rodney Hampton, they fought nothing. Well, look at all the areas in the Middle East that we've disturbed, that we've wrecked, where people have had training. And look at all the fighting they've had here over the years in Afghanistan. We built up a, a, a massive army of jihadis worldwide. Now we've given them another country to hang their hat, the same as they can in mm-hmm. Iran, the same as they can in North Korea, the same as they can even in China and the Soviet Union. You know? So this is a very sad day in the history of terrorism because I, I think, you know, it, it, it makes a... a and when you think about it, we don't have a base there. We don't have a base in that region. If something happens there, how do we get there quickly? How do we get our boots on the ground with intelligence, the human intelligence, not electronics and that? Yes, we, we absolutely, are, because, because, because it was in the embassy. Um, well, what do you think about Biden sending in more troops after, after everything fell well, apart? Well, he had to secure the airport. You know, he has to get people out. So that, 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 that's why the troops went in, you know, obviously to secure the perimeter of that airport so they could take off. Because as you saw, there was bedlam on the airport, on the, on the, on the tarmac right. and that. Planes couldn't take off. Uh, you know, yes, the Taliban, the I, Taliban I, I, you know, was smart enough to go to the airport, you know, not just uh, to Kabul, oh, but they're, also they're, to the airport to try to... What? Uh, my, my, my concern is, I, I think Biden is, I hate to say this, Biden I think is irrelevant. I think there's someone else running the country. Uh, you know, well, yeah, I, it's I, Obama. I we know it's Obama. That's, that's why I was saying I, before, I mean, I, I, it's Obama running the country along with uh, Kamala, um, who, you know, it, I mean, the idea of, of calling for the 25th Amendment was certainly, uh, he certainly merits that. He certainly has, his dementia has grown. Um, but even that or impeachment, um, and then to have Kamala uh, and Obama, you know, bullying the two of them, um, p- pulling their strings, I mean, it's kind of like it would, there would have to be a huge, um, something huge happening to take away all of them. Well, here's what, here's what concerns me about this. You know, he made the decision, yes, but I can't believe our military leadership told him that this is the right thing to do. I, 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 that would be very troublesome to hear that, that, that they thought that this was the right time, the way you extricate yourself. I, I, it just it goes against, you know, there's a famous book on war by Baron von Clausewitz. I, I, every general has probably has read that, the same as they've read any other book. Uh, certainly if you've gone to West Point, you've studied that. I, I don't see how, you know, it would dictate the tactics to withdraw the way they did. So that's what's frightening to me is how did he make that de- decision? I, I got to feel he has some advisors, and I don't know. I don't know if it's Kamala Harris. I don't know who it is. I don't know. I, or Barack Obama. I don't know. That. But, but there's some people there, some people called the deep state, who, who are giving the guy bad advice. I don't think this, he made this decision as a vacuum. Yeah. I just think he's, the, I think he's the front for making the decision. But I, I yeah. think it's poorly timed. And certainly, I, I think it makes us look like a, I hate to say it, a laughing stock. 
in the, in the world. I mean, a superpower to, to, to actually ask the people we were fighting against for 20 years to ask them to go easy. I, I mean, that, 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 that certainly has to be insulting yes. to any, any military person there. And, you know, and I yes, don't fault of those men and women who fought there. I fault of the leadership, the leadership of, of the military, and in Washington, it's, it's, it's their fiasco, not the people who lost limbs, who have been damaged psychologically, and who would never be the same. I mean, th- this, is, th- this is just incredible that this should happen to us, especially after what happened with um, Vietnam and that, and to fall us into the same image that happened there. Th- this, is, this is just uh, un- unacceptable, really unacceptable. Absolutely, absolutely, and, um, and let's, I, let's, I mean, let's, I, Carol, what? let's just hope 9-11, let's hope 9-11 is uneventful, and, and we have our ceremonies, and we get through that, because it, it, it would not be good to have something happen on that day, certainly what happened, you know, to our embassy in Libya, that was designed on 9-11, and, and there, if you recall, there was the denial of the media and of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Clinton, uh, Secretary of State Clinton at that time, that that was an act of terrorism. Well, you know, they wanted to just mm. tamp, tamp, that, tamp that down. But I just... We just have um, a minute to go, and I want you to give people some place to go to, either to buy your books or to find out more about you, where would you like them to go? No, you know what? Uh, you know, my, my books and that, uh, you know, they, they certainly, you know, they could Google me or you, you know, go to Amazon. I'm not here for that. I, I just think they should, you know, try. You, they live in an age of technology where, where information is at their fingertips, certainly different than when I was, in school, but where I had to go to the library to wait to open up to find a book on the shelf to tell me something. You have so much information. Just be, understand and, and try to gather as much information as you can. Don't get it from Facebook or, or, or you know, other social media. Just, just try to research it because it's, it's all available out there. Yes, and to look at different publications, not just the mainstream media, but all sides. Uh, and for, form your own opinion. Well, Dr. Harvey Krishna, thank you so much for um, being on the show and analyzing all of this. And yes, um, you know, this really is what you said at the very beginning is so true. Um, and people need to take, take it seriously and start, start building their own resilience. This ain't going away. So thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 